morning. You guys can take a seat. Welcome to chapel. Uh, my name is Lauren Taylor. I'm a campus pastor here in campus ministry, and I have two announcements for you this morning. The first is that I see some of you. We want to encourage you to bring your backpacks in and just slide them under the seat in front of you so that we don't have to have people bringing their uh, Moses parting the Red Sea staff out coming into chapel. Um, and the second announcement, this week, on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 7 o'clock, we have some really incredible speakers that are coming to campus. You're not going to want to miss this. Tonight at 7 o'clock, um, Tuesday, in the RTT, we have Dr. Mark Knoll coming. He's a leading scholar in American Christian history, and he's here right now with us. Um, so... Thank you, Dr. Knoll, for being here. Um, and then we also, on Wednesday and Thursday, Ruth Padilla DeBorst is going to be here. Um, on Wednesday and Thursday, 7 o'clock in the RTT, the same room. And on Wednesday, she's going to be talking about creation care. And on Thursday, she's going to be talking about um, sort of theology from the two-thirds world perspective. She's an incredible theologian and speaker, so you're not going to want to miss her either. Um, Great, so those are the announcements I have, and I want us to take a minute now to pray before we jump in, so let's pray. Great word of life, great light of the world, God, you are our stronghold when we feel weak, God, you are our leader when we feel lost. Lord, you are the breath and the wind, the Holy Spirit that keeps us going when the chaos of our packed schedules and to-do lists begins to weigh us down. Lord, we lift before you this morning all those, even here in the city of Spokane, who don't have enough to eat. Lord, we lift before you those who fear the cold weather that's coming because they don't have a warm place to sleep. God, we lift before you those who are struggling to navigate a world that's burdened by sorrow for one reason or another. Lord, we bring these heavy hearts before you and we ask that you would bring hope here and now. God, would you bring hope through us or for us or in spite of us? God, we ask this and we pray this because we believe, as the psalmist says, that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. God, our hearts take courage as we wait for you. Lord, we pray right now for our time together. Would you open our eyes that we wouldn't just see, that we, but that we would really look? Would you open our ears that we wouldn't just hear, but we would really listen so that we would be transformed by the power of your word? God, thanks for this time together. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lauren. So good to be together. As you know, this semester in chapel, we are talking about how Jesus redefines righteousness for us in the Gospel of Matthew, the ways that he redefines what it means to be right with God and right with each other. 
And a couple weeks ago, we talked about how Jesus redefines the gospel, that it's bigger than we thought. It's bigger than our small little visions, but it's cosmic. It's everything being redeemed, individuals, communal, the whole world, creation, all being made right with God. And last week, Lauren talked about how Jesus redefines community for us and about this community of, of people living on earth as, as, was, as it is in heaven, beginning in Jesus and today, we're, we're going to talk about redefining the law. How does Jesus redefine the law? A topic that maybe, maybe like, what, what, what do we think about that? What do we know about that? And it may bring up some of these, something that I experienced uh, this weekend as we, as we engage with this topic and this text today. May, it may kind of remind you of something I experienced this weekend. I got a little video over here, so let's check it out. This is in my front lawn. <laughs> That's my son, River. And I was mowing the lawn. I looked over, and all of a sudden, I saw him in the green bin with the lid down. And I started laughing out loud. It was amazing. We may have some surprises in store for us this morning as well as we engage with this topic of Jesus redefining the law. Hopefully, some pleasant surprises. Our text today is Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 through 20, and then verse, and then verse 48. And Juan Felipe is going to come up to wherever you are, Juan Felipe. And he's going to read it in Spanish. One of the things we want to do at, at chapel is we want to recognize, and we do acknowledge and recognize. Come on up. Recognize the, the beauty. <laughs> this one's for you. So we're going to, we, don't worry, don't read quite yet. We, we recognize the beauty and the richness of the, the, the diverse people of God that God has called together here at Whitworth. And we celebrate that in different ways, in prayer, in song, in testimony, and one other way is through scripture. And so today we're going to read our scripture in English and in Spanish as one way of acknowledging the beauty of God's people and the goodness of that. So I'll read in English first, and then one people will read it in Spanish. So we'll stand together, okay? We're, we're brothers reading this together. All right. I'll read English first. This is Matthew chapter 5. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. I'll read the whole thing. Oh, yeah, do it. Yeah, do it. Uh. No piensen que he venido a anular la ley o los profetas. No he venido a anularlos, sino a darles cumplimiento. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Les aseguro que mientras exista el cielo y la tierra, ni una letra ni una tilde de la ley desaparecerán hasta que todo se haya cumplido. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same, will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Todo el que infrinja uno de, los, de estos mandamientos, por pequeño que sea, y enseñe a otros a hacer lo mismo, será considerado el más pequeño en el reino de los cielos. Pero el que los practique y enseñe será considerado grande en el reino de los cielos. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Porque les digo a ustedes que no van a entrar en el reino de los cielos a menos que su justicia supere la de los fariseos y de los maestros de la ley. And verse 48. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Por tanto, sean perfectos, así como su Padre Celestial es perfecto. Gracias, Juan Felipe. Six hundred and thirteen. Six hundred and thirteen. 
laws in the Old Testament. 613, that's the, that's the number that Maimonides kind of get, boiled it down to, trying to get, get rid of the overlapping ones. 613. And back then and today, there's kind of un, it's kind of unknown. What do we do with those 613? What do we do with the laws of God? What do we, how do we handle those? Do we pay attention and, and try to do everything we can to follow every little bit of them? Or is that kind of outdated, antiquated, especially in Jesus, right? We don't need to follow the law because the law, that, that's Jesus fulfilled that. It's by grace you've been saved through faith, right? Not by works so that no one can boast. I think this passage, Jesus has something to tell us about the law. What do we do? How do we engage with that law? And he starts by saying he didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. I think as Christians, there's a, there's a real temptation for us to join in with the very first, the very first uh, Christian heresy of, of Marcion. Marcion, as Marcion said that the Old Testament God is, is different from the New Testament God. We like the God of Jesus. He's nice and loving and kind. And that, but the Old Testament God is kind of mean and angry, and we don't like him, so we'll just kind of forget him. And you know what Marcion did with this verse, Bonhoeffer tells us? Marcion rewrote this verse in his Bible. And he said, he put it in Jesus' mouth, he said, don't think to come... Don't think that I have come to fulfill the law and the prophets. I have actually come to abolish them, not to fulfill them. Because that's the way Marcin saw it. He didn't see how, how these could work together. He didn't see how the law could be good. But that's not what Jesus says. As much as we wanted to say that, as much as we want to say, oh, yeah, 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 let's just forget about all that stuff. It's so much easier to be just happy and God loves us and God loves everyone and let's just do that thing. That's not what Jesus says. He says, I came not to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them. And then he goes on to say, actually, not one stroke of a letter, not any bit was going to pass away until heaven and earth, until this is accomplished. And if anyone breaks one of these laws, they're going to be least in the kingdom of heaven. But if they teach them and obey them, they'll be called the greatest. This law matters still, somehow, Jesus tells us. Every command matters. See, what Jesus is doing here, he's, he's taking us beyond the letters of the law to the heart of the law. And he's starting, we're st this is the first glimpse. The heart of the law is this. The law matters because it's God's gift to us. It's not meant to be this burden that God poured on, on, on the people of Israel to say, you better do some good things or else I'm going to be mad at you. That was Marcion's view, and that's why Marcion didn't like it. He thought God just gave them the law so he could punch them in the face when they missed it. That's not what God did. The law was a gift. The gift was this. God wanted to show the people, here's how I want you to live with each other. I want to show the world, actually, what I'm like. And I'm going to show through a certain people how you love each other, how you seek justice, how you have a different style of living with each other, how you're set apart and listen to me, including food laws and circumcision, you're my people, and I want the world to know that. I want you to live in a way that shows, you, shows me to the world. That's what God was doing. His law was a gift to show them how to live rightly with him and others. And so the first thing Jesus shows us about the heart of the law is the law was meant to be a gift, not a curse. It was God's gift to them to live rightly with him and others. But then he goes on. The rest of chapter 5, we don't, we don't have time to read it today, but maybe read it later today. I encourage you. Maybe at lunch, break it out and talk it over with someone. The rest of chapter 5, Jesus takes the letter of the law 
and then shows us the heart. And the heart is actually more intense than the letter was. Here's the pattern. You're familiar. Many are familiar, I'm sure. You have heard that it was said, but I say to you. You've heard that it was said, but I say to you. You've heard that it was said, do not be angry. I'm sorry, do not, sorry. You've heard that it said, do not murder, but I say, do not be angry. Don't even curse someone. If anyone who does that will be liable to judgment. You've heard that it was said, don't commit adultery. But I say to you, don't even look at someone lustfully. Do you see, he's starting, he's reinterpreting, he's taking, he's taking us to the heart. It's more than just not murdering. It's about finding reconciliation. It's more than just not committing adultery. It's about actually honoring the other with our sexuality and our desires. You've heard it said, it's okay to divorce your wife or your husband. It's okay. But I say to you, something better than that, that God's designed. Sacrificial love. You've heard that it was said, make an oath, but don't swear falsely. But I say to you, just let your yes be yes. Have integrity with your words. You've heard that it was said, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, resist, but not violently. Prove your humanity through nonviolent resistance by turning their cheek, by going an extra mile when they, they say to give you one. And you've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. Love those because God does. See, the law, as Jesus starts filling it out for us, it's more than just this list of things we can check off at the top, at the top layer. It goes deeper. He's showing us the heart that demands all of us. And it's a lot harder but a lot more beautiful because it's actually a law of love that reflects who God is and God's love for us embodied. See, the law, it's, 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 like, it's, it's like a map. God's given us this map showing us the way to go in life with him. And now Jesus is, is taking the map. And you know how in Google Maps you can, just, you can zoom in crazy? You can, you can like see, you know, you can see your like toy car in your front lawn now. You know, you keep going in. It's, it's that. Jesus is zooming in for us. He's zooming in. I know a lot of you guys have toy cars. You guys like where I, uh, you know, you know Jesus is going to take us to Chipotle at the end. That's, that's obviously the place we're going to eat. <laughs> we'll stop by a ball and pitcher on the way. Jesus loves eating with people, so we'll do that. See, Jesus has the authority to redefine the law, and he redefines it in radical, demanding, practical love for God and love for neighbor. It's intensified. It's, it's big. It's hard. And it ends in verse 48. Be perfect, therefore, as my heavenly Father is perfect. And like Josh said last Thursday, if you were here, what? Be perfect as my heavenly Father is perfect? Ugh. How, who could ever do that? Exactly. Who could ever do that? I did not come to abolish the law of the prophets, but to fulfill. Who could ever do that? Who could ever be perfect because my heavenly father is perfect? Only one. And he did. 
He did. Jesus did walk the path. Instead of, ang- instead of murder and anger and hatred, he chose reconciliation. He honored the people around him with his words and his thoughts. He says, yes, be yes, and he, as he kneeled in the garden and said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. I'm in. I said yes. I yes. He didn't seek eye for an eye, but instead he nonviolently gave himself, breaking the cycle of revenge and bringing peace. He didn't seek to curse his enemies, but on the cross he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. One has fulfilled the law. One has done it, and he's fulfilled it in our place, on our behalf. He's fulfilled it for us. He took it for us. He walked for us in our place, on our behalf. Jesus has walked perfectly with God as a real human being. He did it in our place so that we could too. So here's where maybe the surprise comes. Maybe the surprise comes here. We, we might know that. Maybe some of us who've been around Christian land say, yes, that's, the cross is amazing. Jesus died for us. His blood covers us. We, we were forgiven. We're made free. Yes. But Jesus doesn't leave us there. He doesn't leave us there. Matthew doesn't allow us to leave it there. Because Jesus fulfills it for us. He walks the path for us. And he reaches out his hand to us. Come on, Andrew. He reaches out his hand to us. Solid. And says, come on, come on, come on with me, come on with me. We got somewhere to go. We're going to Chipotle, all right? We got to get there. We got to get there, all right? (laughs) He doesn't leave us there. He brings us in. That's what Jesus is doing. You see. (laughs) Thanks, Andrew. So we hear this call to live according to this intensified law, Jesus' word, like where we see in Matthew 11, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. We'll never do it on our own. We can't do it on our own. But Jesus says, with him, taking up his yoke, we'll find a new way. Come on up, Vance. In, in Matthew 5, 3, the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. When we come to Jesus with this call on us to follow the law and say, Jesus, I can't do it, he says, you're blessed. Blessed are you when you're poor in spirit. When you can't do it on your own, but you come to me. See, Jesus reveals to us the heart of the law, the heart of this law, but he doesn't give us a escape, an escape clause. Oh, don't worry about that stuff. That's old. Actually, he intensifies it. He says, y'all, as my people, grab my hand and let's go. Follow the way of Jesus. Follow the way of righteousness, the true heart of the law. And you know what happens when that does? Things start getting crazy. A community starts happening where people start living like Jesus lives. People start loving like Jesus loves. People start actually seeking the things he, he cares about. And not because you're checking a box, but because you're walking with Jesus hand in hand. He's given us his righteousness, his relationship with God, his closeness with God, and he's leading us in the way of righteousness in the heart of the law to live as people who actually love him and love others 
deeply, intensely, radically, differently, and people start saying, that looks a little bit like the kingdom of God. And may it be that we at Whitworth would say yes to Jesus in that way. Say, yes, Jesus, I'm in. I want to follow you, and in that, I want to follow your law with everything that's in me as you empower me by your spirit. Let's say yes to that as we sing this last song together. And so we go from here, reaching out and accepting that gift in Jesus, that he has fulfilled our righteousness for us, and take his hand and let him lead us in the crazy path of God's radical love for him and radical love for others, empowered by the Spirit as we live in him and things get a little crazy as we live as his people. Go in peace.